levar os portugueses mais longe. Ser uma ponte entre Portugal e os Estados Unidos da América. Esta é a missão da Fundação Luz Americana para o Desenvolvimento. A FLAD nasceu em 1985, na sequência do Acordo das Lages, e por aqui passaram até hoje milhares de pessoas e ideias que ajudámos a transformar em realidade. Promovemos a partilha de conhecimento e experiências através de bolsas de estudo, estágios, prémios e conferências unindo os dois lados do Atlântico. Trabalhamos diretamente com a comunidade portuguesa nos Estados Unidos. Queremos contribuir para que o papel dos luso-americanos seja cada vez mais forte e para que as origens portuguesas sejam continuamente celebradas. Nesta ligação atlântica surgem, claro, os Açores. Pela sua importância geoestratégica de segurança e defesa, científica e cultural, são um ponto essencial na atividade da FLAD. Somos ciência, educação, arte e relações transatlânticas. Há 36 anos a contribuir para o desenvolvimento de Portugal e dos portugueses. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Anna Ferreira. I'm a board member of PALCAS. I'm happy to be moderating this uh, presentation today. And if you like what you see, and please consider joining PALCAS in order to keep uh, the Portuguese community connected. So we're gonna get started with our awesome panel. And first up is gonna be Inês. Hello. <laughs> it's, it's me right now? Yes. Oh, I Oh, okay. I thought you had said I was going first, but that's oh, okay. I'm sorry, <laughs> Michael. We'll go ahead and start with you. I was, that's okay. You can change your mind. You're the, you're the panelist. You're, you're the driver of this bus. You have to be looking directly at Inish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, well, well, thanks, Anna. Um, basically, um, you know, I I I, I kind of don't know how to preface my myself in terms of I I'm somebody who wears many different hats. Um, that I think are relevant for this for this presentation. So, um, you know, um, I'm a professor of political science at the Universidade Católica Portuguesa. Uh, Inês is our uh, institutional representative here. So I'm 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 going to say very little about Católica because Inês is obviously going to talk more about uh, my my home institution, you could say. But with my other hat, uh, I'm also on the executive board of the Luso American Development Foundation on FLAB where I served um, for five years between 2014 and 2019. And now recently the embassy invited me to come back and, and serve on the board again. So I've been back there since July, but I'm still teaching at Catholica. And then to make matters even crazier, right? So um, I'm an American, obviously, <laughs> just by the accent, um, uh, who uh, for a long time was a professor of political science at the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth. And I'm also the dad of two Luso-Americans who are now based here in Lisbon with me and going to Portuguese public school. But, you know, had our life not taken this kind of crazy curve a few years ago, um, I would probably be one of these parents who I suspect is in the audience with a, a rising high schooler who's uh, a Luso-American and maybe thinking about the possibility of, of either going abroad to do a degree and going to Portugal in this case, Uh, or if not a degree, going to school in the States and then maybe doing a study abroad program. So, um, you know, I feel like I can, I can wear whatever hat you want me to wear, Anna, but um, I'm, I'm sort of doing all of them simultaneously. <laughs> Let me see if I can share my PowerPoint here that I, and it's not a very big one. So uh, just a few kind of keywords. Let's see, can you guys, I can. Can you guys see this okay? Yes, I okay, can good. see it. All right. So, While, uh, while at FLAD back in 14, you know, I'd been designing a number of study abroad programs for a long time uh, while I was at UMass, bringing my UMass students over to Portugal for, typically it started out, I did 13 years, we did a short summer program, four weeks um, at ISEG, which is part of the University of Lisbon. And then um, shortly after that, uh, I guess it was around 2011, 2012, I developed um, something called UMass in Lisbon, which was a program for really all of the UMass campuses to collaborate and, and also students who were from outside the UMass system to come over and do study abroad in Portugal. And that was year round, not just summer. And that was with Ishkete, another uh, partner university. And then 
I came to FLAD and realized that, um, you know, there's this great opportunity to do something uh, very different, which was to build a consortium model um, that would allow American students to find more classes taught in English than would be the case just going to one uh, Portuguese university. And that was how this slide came to be. Um, it's an organization called the Study in Portugal Network. It's part of FLAD, so the motor behind SIPIN is FLAD. Um, and FLAD, for those of you who don't know, is a, you know, a fairly major, I think we're about the fifth biggest foundation here in Portugal. Um, you know, we're a Portuguese not-for-profit foundation, but FLAD, you know, most of what FLAD does is we give grants and, and really nothing like SIPIN had kind of been attempted before, which um, is, to, is to really kind of uh, serve like a program provider. And so what I, what I kind of wanted to do first off, because I only have you know, five minutes or so, is, is to maybe help uh, everybody just kind of know their lingo, right? Um, the study abroad market is full of lingo. And I thought, well, maybe this is at least modestly useful. So when, you know, let's say that there's kind of two main options for studying abroad. One, as I said, you can come over and do a degree, right? You could do an undergraduate degree or a graduate degree, or you can come you can go abroad for various non-degree options. And this is generally what we mean by study abroad, okay? Or, or education abroad. And there are several uh, American um, study abroad, what are called program providers. So when you hear the term program provider, and that's what SIPIN is really, even though it's part of the FLAB, uh, these are organizations, some of them are for-profit, some are not-for-profit. SIPIN uh, being part of FLAD is definitely on the not-for-profit side. Um, but they're basically organizations that are designed to uh, bring over, uh, in this case, American students and sort of be, you know, like a home away from home. Um, they're not universities, they're organizations um, that provide the housing, they provide the insurance, they provide field trips and all kinds of intercultural support to help the students get adjusted. And they serve as sort of the liaison between the students' homeschool in the United States and the university or universities that they're attending um, while they're abroad, okay? And there are several that are operating here in the Portuguese space. So the one that I represent, uh, well, actually I kind of represent two of these. Uh, I'll talk about the second one in a moment at Catholica. But um, so with one side of my hat, I'm, I'm you know, overseeing the SIPIN program at FLAD. There's also an organization called CIEE, which has been around for a long time and has a program at the Universidad Nova. Uh, there's an organization called USAC, which is the University Study Abroad Consortium based in the United States. And they're a partner uh, that I signed up with my other hat at Catholica. So USAC is a partner of Catholica. And there are about 33 U.S. universities that belong to the USAC consortium. But you don't have to be part of USAC in order to participate in a USAC program. So you can find the Catholica program listed on the USAC website. And then there's API, uh, another program provider. There's also Education First, uh, EF. And then there's a, even a, a study abroad pro, a program provider that's explicitly designed for pre-med and medical students uh, called Atlantis. And um, so far as I know, those are the only ones that are operating presently here in Portugal. Then you have a second option. This is the one that um, I also represent uh, with my hat at Catholica. And this is what we could call a direct enroll option. So for example, I oversee a Catholica, um, something called the Global Education Office. And basically it sort of operates almost like the university's own in-house program provider, if you will. So we do all the same stuff that, um, that SIPIN and CIE and all of those do, but we do it you know, from within the university. And in this sense, um, you, know, you would enroll directly uh, directly through uh, through Catholic and our global education office. This is again for non-degree, you know, a semester or a year or a summer abroad. And then finally, you have balanced exchanges. And balanced exchanges are uh, typically at your university. Uh, you go into the study abroad office, and you'll find a long list of schools that that university has signed partnerships with, and that you can you know use um, to to do study abroad. Basically, they work on a balanced model. Your university will send three or four students over for one semester, and the foreign university will send three or four of their students to your school, okay? And in that case, you pay home tuition, you pay whatever it costs to go to your school in the United States, 
and the foreign students pay whatever they pay at their home institution and basically no money changes hands or very little. And then there's also the Erasmus Plus uh, model, which is sort of like the European Union study abroad uh, organization. But now with Erasmus Plus, it's more than just EU countries. In fact, the United States is one of the non-EU states that collaborates with Erasmus Plus. But given the time limits, I'm not going to say, say much about that here. Now with my sipping hat, uh, you know, we have a much, uh, a much flashier website than I do at Catalia right now. That's my own fault. But, um, but you know, we, we have done some promotional videos and I thought this would be a nice, it's short and I'd love to show it to you just to kind of give you a sense of, you know, why Portugal? And if you're so inclined to go with a program provider, why SIPIN? Okay, let me see if this works. Introducing SpeechAlarm, the most natural sounding the, text to speech sound? software on the market. Hey, I'm Joe. No video, just the sound though. Sound off? No, we can hear it, but we can't. There's no video. No, you have to close the PowerPoint and open the video, I think. I heard Inej saying something, but I couldn't hear what it was. Uh, you have to close the PowerPoint. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. Okay, so wait a second, stop the share. And then I have to share the right, of course. Okay, sorry. And then I think I go perhaps, let's see if it's, no, that's the PowerPoint. It must be desktop maybe, let's try. Click exits, okay. Let's see, let's try this one more time. Yeah, there's no, there's no sound. It's okay. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's all in the general. Okay, so. Um, sorry, I, I don't know. I clearly have to figure out my sound settings when I do uh, embedded embedded videos within the PowerPoint. But let me go back to the to the PowerPoint. There wasn't any there wasn't any spoken word, anyways. It was just uh, music accompanying the the images. So, um, in any case, <clears throat> very quickly, let me try to just cover uh, what you know what I can tell you about degree options. So this is the other option if you wanted to come and. You know, let's say you're a rising high school senior uh, or junior, and you're thinking about, you know, doing college in Portugal rather than in the states. Um, it is an option. Okay, so first of all, let me tell you about undergraduate or what's what are called here integrated master's programs, which is your undergraduate degree plus a master's. So the undergraduate degree in Portugal is three years rather than four. Okay. And if it's an integrated master's, then you're talking five years, it's three plus two, okay? Um, there are essentially two main ways to get into the Portuguese higher ed system. There is this sort of public concurso, the public uh, competition, if you will, to, to get in. Uh, and then there's also what are called the concursos institucionais, um, which is for the private universities, you could say. So it's, it's sort of a, a two pathway. And, and Ines might say more about this um, in her presentation. Now, one of the things that's interesting in the Portuguese context, it's a little bit different from the States, is we often think in the States of the Ivy Leagues, you know, uh, which are primarily private universities as being the most highly selective. And in general, the, you know, the best public universities in Portugal are among the most selective. Catholic is a private university and I kind of, it has almost a public quality to it in some ways. Um, it also is highly selective to get into. Um, but in general, in general terms, averages being averages, the public universities are, are generally seen to be more, more selective here. That's a bit different than, uh, than is the case in the States. 
I will be very frank and honest with you. If you do not speak Portuguese, okay, um, it, to do an undergraduate degree in Portugal, it's not easy except for the exceptions that I'm gonna talk about in a second. Um, it's a fairly pretty heavy bureaucratic process um, uh, to get to go through this national concurso as an American student. Um, you're, going to, you're going to need some help. And I have a number of contacts here uh, and perhaps in the Q&A, you know, we can talk more about this. At the moment, and this is just at the moment, there's only one private university, Catolica, um, and one public university, in this case, uh, Nova SBE, which are in both cases, they're business programs, which are undergraduate programs that are fully taught in English. Okay, so they're ready to roll in terms of students whose Portuguese may just be starting out or non-existent or, you know, not at the stage where they could, you know, feel comfortable sitting in a regular university class in Portuguese. Um, so they're both business schools. They both have, you know, uh, sort of a business management or economics and finance tracks. Uh, and again, I'm sure Inesh will probably talk a bit more about that in the case of Catholic. In terms of key contacts, if you want to do a degree in Portugal, there's one guy who is the man, you know, in Portugal, in, in the States. Uh, we know and love him and, I, and he, uh, he's a good friend and he did a, um, uh, a presentation. I guess it was back in July, if my memory serves, uh, a presentation here for Palkis with colleagues from the Dejej. Um, and so I think that's still on archive at Palkis and people can watch it. Uh, but Dr. João Caixinha, who is the coordinator for Portuguese language programs and education affairs, and he's based out of the consulate in Boston. Okay. Uh, and he also uh, you know, works for the Camões Institute, and he's just extremely knowledgeable about both the US and um, the Portuguese systems, he's a key contact. Also, um, I put here a link for uh, DGES, which is the, the government organization for higher ed access in Portugal. Uh, and they're very good at answering, answering emails and queries. Um, but a lot of the stuff that is on the websites, um, even though it might be written in English, will many times refer you to a link, which is in all in Portuguese. So that's where I think João can come in and be very helpful. Or you go the other route, um, which is to go through the institutions themselves and you don't have to go through the public uh, concurso, which is uh, you know, the case that I wanna just say a few words about. So Sorry, the- I a bit of time on it. All right, this is my last slide, in fact. Perfect. So highly selective for the most desired programs of which I would call Catholica Business, uh, certainly one of those. It's a less bureaucratic process to apply through Catholica. You can go through the school itself rather than having to go through this tremendously um, uh, hoop heavy kind of bureaucratic process. And as I mentioned, there's only one private business school with undergraduate programs taught in English right now, and that's Catholica Business. Inej will give you the context for UCP, uh, but also in this PowerPoint, which I'm happy to share, I've got a link here to the study and research in Portugal website, which has a lot of good information, but often does peel you off into Portuguese websites, which if you don't speak Portuguese can sometimes be frustrating, but there's people to help. And I guess, you know, my contact uh, will probably appear on this website at some point. And uh, me too, as, as somebody who has experience on both sides, uh, you know, it's, it's our job at FLAD to also help folks with their queries and, you know, use me as a resource. And sorry if I took too long. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Here's, we can go right ahead and give a little introduction. Good evening. I would like to introduce myself first. My name is Ines Romba. I am the head of development of Catholica. As I know, we have to be brief. I would start to welcome you to Catholica, the only national university with four campuses in Portugal. So I will start with a video. If you don't mind, I will share just here some slides. So I will show you Catholica. Thank you. 
Okay, so after this video, <laughs> I will share with you some reasons why you could study in Portugal, you should study in Portugal, or you could just choose it. Over 200 days of sun per year, one of Europe's safest country, it is quick and easy to get from Portugal to all the European capitals. Portugal is a true foodies paradise, as you may know. <laughs> Lisbon is still considered one of the cheapest cities in the European Union, and tuitions are not different for international students. Okay, what you can study as an international student at Catolica, the undergraduate, the masters, the integrated masters and the doctorates, as Michael has already told about as well. Okay, one of the topics I choose to bring today, it's Catolica fellowships for Portuguese American students. So Catolica has a program where annually offers five fellowships to Portuguese American students seeking undergraduate or master's levels degrees in any field of knowledge. In 19, Sabrina Broom was one of the students who earned the Catholica Fellowship for Portuguese American students. She's a Palcos member and I met her in one of Palcos gala in Washington. We met there and she came to, to Lisbon to study the Master in Political Sciences and International Relations in our Instituto de Estudos Políticos, where Michael is a professor in Lisbon. So, and so Sabrina, after learning she had received the fellowship, was speechless. Uh, she said that it was so happy to have received such a unique opportunity that she couldn't believe it. So she also shared with us that it was a great opportunity to return to Portugal and to start a new stage in her life. Juliana Guiar was the last fellowship and she also shared with us uh, why it was so uh, impressive to, to study the master's degree in international management at Catolica. And that's why I think you should apply to one of our Catolica fellowships for Portuguese American students. We have signed in the last edition of Palcos Gala a partnership where one of our Catolica fellowships it's per year, it's for a Palcos member, and it's for a merit-based shirt. So about more information, and as I knew that I should be brief, I would suggest you to come to our website and I can help whatever you want. We can also organize a small team, a Zoom, whatever you want to. Uh, explain a little bit more. Thank you. Thank you, Inês. Alcidia? You're muted. You think that we'd have this down by now, but we don't. <laughs> so I'm Alcidia Freitas Gomes. I am the executive director of the Ag One Foundation and senior director of development for the Jordan College of Agricultural Sciences and Technology at Fresno State. So that's really just a long title to say that I help make a good education, a great education by raising philanthropic support from our alumni, our friends, our corporations and our foundations. A little bit about Fresno State. Uh, we're one of 23 universities within the California State University system. Fresno State has 25,000 students and eight colleges. One of those colleges is the Jordan College of Agricultural Sciences and Technology. So at Fresno State, um, and I'm going to focus specifically on our partnership with the University of the Azores. It started in 2016, uh, and it was a discussion with flawed leadership. Michael Baum happened to be at flawed at the time. And that discussion led to a seed grant 
that established a travel learn program for students from Fresno State to the University of the Azores and then from the University of Azores to Fresno State. And these were specifically for students majoring in agriculture. So from a geography standpoint, Fresno is located in the center of California, in the Central Valley. It's the epicenter of agriculture. And then in addition to that, this Central Valley is home to tens of thousands of people who have roots to the Azores and who are involved in all aspects of agriculture. So the partnership that FLAD helped to establish uh, between the two universities aligns really well with students on both sides of the Atlantic. So since 2016, we've had 40 students um, from Fresno State and from the University of the Azores, along with a number of faculty members, visit uh, each other's regions. When students from the University of the Azores come here, um, they get to see big agriculture because that's what California is all about and very diverse. And then when our students go there, they see a little smaller agriculture, but very niche types of agriculture, which gives them an opportunity to learn um, about the differences between our two regions. So after the first exchange, we'll call it, um, we then morphed this program into an internship program so that students from Fresno State, when they went to the Azores and specifically to Terceda, they spent a month in agricultural businesses there. And then when students from the University of Azores came here, um, they spent a month here, but they spent a month on the campus farm. We have a thousand acre farm contiguous to campus. So what students learn in the classroom about theory, they then get to put it to practice or um, to the test five minutes later. And that's something that especially the university from the Azores students, uh, for them, was really a learning experience and life-changing because no longer were they just reading about things in books. So um, if you'll allow me, I have a short two-minute video. It kind of sets the tone about who Fresno State is um, so that if there are students or parents thinking about Fresno State as a place to go to school, this will give a little context. So let's see if I do this better than. We're going to try this. Why, why is it that when you think you've got it down, I don't. <laughs> so I'm going to try one more time. I'm feeling better by the second, I'll sit Are you? Great. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna to try to share sound. We're gonna do that. Did that work? Yes, it did. Okay. And then let me see if I can move that. Perfect. Agricultural sciences and technology, which offers a distinct variety of educational programs in the area of agricultural business, animal sciences and agricultural education, food science and nutrition, industrial technology, plant science and mechanized agriculture, and viticulture and enology. The college is one of the West Coast's most diverse agricultural academic institutions with approximately 2,400 undergraduates and 100 graduate students. The thousand acre campus farm reflects the region's reputation as the nation's most productive agricultural area by providing fresh products year round to the Gibson farm market. From making award-winning wine and ice cream to managing hundreds of cattle, horses, wine, sheep, and poultry, to discovering new technologies, our students do it all. The college also hosts three research institutes that are part of the California Agricultural Technology Institute and partner with industries throughout the state. The Jordan College continues to play a key part in the university's future and celebrated the opening of the $24 million Jordan Agricultural Research Center and the Bee Sweet Citrus Fresh Fruit Packing Line. The Ag One Foundation connects the college to the Central Valley and has raised more than $19.5 million in endowed funds to support and promote the college's students and programs. 
the real pride of the Valley starts with our very own Fresno State students, who are part of the Jordan College of Agricultural Sciences and Technology. So selfishly, I really think it's an exciting time for students uh, to be at Fresno State and especially in agriculture. And I think that this partnership that we have with the University of the Azores, allowing our students on both sides of the Atlantic to experience that education um, on um, their campus and our campus really is life-changing. So thank you. Wonderful. Um, Alcidia, so I guess my first question is really going to be directed for you. So let's say I was studying agriculture at a different university. Would I be able to um, go to the University of Azores under this Fresno partnership program that you have? You're muted. Unfortunately, or fortunately, if you're a Fresno State student, um, those are the students that will be selected. We're, we're not partnering right now with other universities outside of Fresno State. Okay. But can I jump in? Absolutely. So um, SIPIN actually has a summer program uh, in the Azores that is based at the University of Azores. So, um, you know, in the, in the class, it's only during the month of June. Um, it's not an agricultural oriented class. Uh, but they can take both Portuguese language classes and, and a course on uh, culture, identity, literature with, um, uh, with, a, with a very well-known uh, professor, Delinda Down, who's been doing this for years and who was formerly at UC Berkeley. And so, um, you know, there are other ways for students from around the United States to be able to experience education in the Azores, even if they're not a Fresno student. And assuming they don't want to go there and do a degree, they can still go and, and do a summer program. Wonderful. You know, she looked like you wanted to say something too. No, no, I, I was hearing and I was thinking about why not studying at a source. It must be a wonderful experience. So I would love to, to do that as well. Well, I am an alumna from Catolica and I studied there for the BA, the master and the PhD. So I can answer these kind of questions if you want. Uh, because I have my experience today as a professor at the master, as the head of development, but also as an alumna. And I think this is the most important experience that students would love to, to hear about. <laughs> sure. Um, so what about studying in different cities in Portugal? That's one of the things that we have previously uh, talked about. You know, a lot of people just think Lisbon and the capital, and then of course you have Coimbra, but what about other cities? Um, okay. okay, so at Catolica, we have, as I said, four campus. So we are in Lisbon, in Oporto, in Braga, and Viseu. So they are completely different, but they also have different areas of study. So, for example, if you want to be uh, a dentist, you have to go to uh, Viseu. If you wanna study uh, arts, you must be at Oporto, for example. However, in Lisbon, we have communication, we have the management and economics that we also have in Oporto. So the life is different, but all these four cities have a lot of, um, cultural and exciting things to do. For example, in the North, uh, we have uh, a wonderful food. We have uh, more close uh, type of, you know, living. So people are a little bit more, I don't know, but closer than in Lisbon, for example, because it is, it is a big city. Uh, but in Lisbon, you have all the rooftops of the parties that students want also to go, all the, the life. Because study, it's not just going to the classroom and study in the library, you know? You have all the life that you are an everyday based uh, life with your uh, colleagues. So it is important to also fill the city. 
Absolutely. We have um, one question from Facebook. Um, and the question is, is there a summer program for a high school to go to Portugal and take a summer immersion Portuguese language class? I, Inez, you want to jump in no, first? Michael, Michael, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so um, at Catholica, for example, we have uh, a unit called Catholica Languages and Translation, CLT, at the Faculdade de Ciencias Humanas. And they have summer courses that they run in, in June and July. Um, I take that back. The July program is, is uh, not quite as developed as the June is for sure. Uh, July is, is, depends on our enrollments, let's, let's put it that way. Um, but June is, is pretty much guaranteed from beginner to, let's say, at least intermediate level. Um, and so far as I know, Inej, there wouldn't be any, any obstacles to having a high school student take those classes, I think, right? Yeah, we have Academia Juniors also in yeah. uh, Human Sciences. So we have like a summer course for a week where the high school students can can feel how is to study in a university and in this case uh, in the human sciences so they can feel they can study there they can sit on the classroom where the students from the university does every day <laughs> yeah and then just uh, i would just say you know for the sipin program and 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 really the same for the the GEO program at Catholica, um, you know, we're only serving university students who generally come in at least with a sophomore status and at least a 2.5 GPA or higher in order to, to be admitted to those programs. There's also other, you know, like Education First, I mentioned is a, is a study abroad provider. I think you had a guest speaker who was supposed to be here, um, who I think runs a language school in Lisbon. So there are a lot of um, private, you know, language schools in Lisbon that can also serve high school students. Um, I know the University of Lisbon also has, a, uh, I think, the, the country's oldest uh, intensive Portuguese language program for foreigners that they run in June and July um, with, with you know, different intensities. Um, so there's a lot of options for somebody to come over and learn Portuguese in the summer. I think, uh, you know, no shortage. And, I, and those are, that's just in Lisbon. In Porto, I'm sure, at the University of Porto and others, Coimbra, et cetera, maybe even in the Algarve. You could find the same. And the Azores, I think, in the month of June, as I said, through the SIPIN program, you could take a beginner or intermediate level Portuguese in the Azores. Wonderful. What's the housing situation like for students? All right, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start and then um, Inej, go ahead. You jump in about Catholica. So yeah, go, go. So for the, for the again, for the non-degree students who come over here for study abroad, um, Right now we have, the SIPIN is a, is a consortium of four Lisbon universities. So it's Catholica, Ischete, University of Lisbon and Nova. And we all kind of work together through FLAD uh, to provide this option. And the students basically pick one of the schools um, you know, for their semester study. In the summer, we're kind of at different places depending on, on the month. In any case, the students are housed downtown in an international student residence which by the standards of my college, when I was going to college in the States, it looks nothing like any dorm that I can uh, vaguely remember. I mean, it's got indoor pool, it's got a cinema, uh, the students have their own studio apartment where they can cook in their apartment and they can also use the more luxurious group cooking facilities. It's insanely luxurious, basically. Um, um, and, and we also use another student residence, which is also brand new, incredibly modern, uh, and which is in the Benfica neighborhood. So, you know, basically the, the normal housing situation for students who come here to do a degree, okay? So I'm, now I'm talking about a different type of student. Um, it would be finding, you know, either typically a shared apartment in, a, in an apartment building in downtown Lisbon or Porto or, or Coimbra. Um, most Portuguese university campuses do not have on-campus dorms. Okay, that's a big difference between the US and the Portuguese system. That's rapidly changing, however. Uh, there are a number of Portuguese universities now that are building student housing uh, either on campus or very close to campus. Um, so the differences are getting less and less in that regard. And American families should probably 
you know, figure it's it's going to be in the realm of, I don't know, it, it vary a lot, but in Lisbon, you know, maybe 400, 450 euros a month um, for, for an apartment, a shared apartment in downtown Lisbon. Student residences, much more, um, with the, at least the more luxurious ones that I'm describing. Inej, I don't know if you want to jump in on. Yeah, yeah, Michael, you said almost all. Um, <laughs> we at Catolica, we have uh, a student's residence for girls. Uh, however, it's not inside of the campus, so it's near, but not inside. Typically, our students, they share apartments, so they also prefer to be more independent and to share with, with friends or colleagues with different nationalities sometimes. And so probably they will look for an apartment near uh, Catolica, for example, or near the downtown, the most uh, central part of the city. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> And there is a follow-up question to the high school student question, and it is, what is the cost or who can I reach out to to see that we can discuss it? Well, I guess I, I, can, I can start. Um, again, it depends on whether you're talking about for study abroad, um, you know, semester program or so study abroad summer program, or whether you're talking about a degree program, okay? So I'll start with the degree program, that's easy. Uh, you know, if you're coming to Catholica business and doing one of their business programs fully in English as, a, as, a, as an undergraduate student doing a degree, uh, Ines can correct me, but I think it's around 61, 6,200 euros yeah. a year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, off the top of my head, I think Nova SBE is a bit more, maybe around 7,500 euros uh, a year. Um, but they also have some program that is is a more specialized kind of thing that's through a foundation and, and it's a yeah. bit more selective to get into and then that has a lower price point. Um, if you are one of the most adventurous and determined students, and I, I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but I just wanna be honest, it's, it's, it's not an easy path, but if you were to come here and to get into a Portuguese public university um, as a Luso-American, let's say, you know, for example, if you have double nationality, um, you know, the typical, most programs, there's a little bit of variation, but the most, you know, a typical program might be about 1,100, maybe 1,200 euros a year. That's without housing. Okay. From an American perspective, I mean, no, that's like basically almost free. Yeah. Um, you know, if you are coming to SIPIN, uh, and I'll just speak, you know, again now with my SIPIN hat on, and you're coming for a semester with everything, with housing, with field trips, with insurance, with uh, you know, 24-7 support, we meet you at the airport, we get, you know, it's like, it's very sort of concierge service. It's $12,000 US per semester, okay? Uh, there are scholarships available. So we have, we're a partner, the only partner in Portugal with the Gilman Foundation through the US State Department, uh, where students can earn up to $8,000 in scholarship money for attending a semester program or a summer program at SIPIN. At uh, also, FLAD gives some modest scholarship money for students who are coming for a semester. If you go through USAC and, and you come directly to Catolica through the USAC program, uh, it's around 9,000 US if you go through USAC. Uh, and if you come through my office directly, uh, the same, it's gonna be about, about the same. So, and that's with housing, right? That's with everything except your airfare and food. Um, so generally, you know, you, I, I think it's safe to say that you can come and do a semester non-degree, you know, semester or a summer program here for far less uh, than what a, a typical, you know, on-campus summer program might, might cost for somebody living on campus. Uh, for a semester, it's the SIPIN program, I'd say, is about the same as what my UMass students as in-state students would pay per semester or per year to live on campus. So. Uh, it's kind of pegged at about about that rate, you know. In the Midwest and California, generally the public universities are a bit more well supported than we are in New England, um, and so the pricing might be slightly more than what um, an in-state student would pay to attend a public university, say at like Fresno State. Um, some more questions we have is, uh, what about credits? Do they transfer over, and how many courses per semester can you take? Again, I'll jump in and then anybody, you know, feel, feel free. Okay. 
Um, the, so if they're coming for um, a program like SIPIN or CIE or any of those others that I mentioned, um, the standard is to be considered full-time. You would take 24 ECTS, which generally translates to ECTS for one U.S. semester credit. So uh, 24 ECTS would be the equivalent of 12, 12 credits per semester. Most of our students take somewhere between four and five classes while they're here uh, per semester. So they earn between 24 and 30 ECTS. Again, 30 would be the equivalent of like 15 semester credits, um, you know, which is kind of the typical full-time load uh, for a lot of college students in the US. Um, how do the credits transfer? Uh, basically, you know, SIPIN, for example, has signed a lot of partnerships. I think more than 30 U.S. universities now partner with SIPIN. Uh, and that means that SIPIN's partner universities' credits have already been pre-approved to come back to those schools. But that's not the only way to have credits transfer. So even if your school is not partnered with SIPIN or CIE or API or one of these, and you still want to participate, then basically you petition your university study abroad office to take part in this study abroad program. You tell them, you know, here's the list of courses I'm looking at. All of the syllabi are on our website. You download the syllabi and you take them to the study abroad office. Um, they, or the department chairs, which I used to be, um, look over the courses and say, yeah, this looks like the same as our intro to comparative government or, um, you know, intermediate macroeconomics or whatever. And the courses transfer quite easily. You get a transcript from, from the university um, in English, sent back uh, at the end of your semester, and and most you know U.S. universities are used to this process. Uh, you know, organizations like SIPIN kind of help to manage it. And same if you come through my office at Catholic, we do we do the same thing, but just directly through the university. Ignace, I'm sorry, I didn't know if you you'd go ahead and jump in if there's. No, no, no. It, it was very well. You told everything <laughs> about the SCTS, yeah. Okay. No, it's just, um, they are all online. If you want to go ahead, you have all the syllabus online for yeah. each undergraduate master. So you can go there and search for the options and ask questions if you have, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one thing, I don't know, Anna, if, if this is useful to mention, but you know, we haven't really talked much about graduate education. And um, the one thing I think is really important for Americans to, to understand is that even though there aren't many courses taught in, you know, when I say courses, I mean programs, right? Degrees taught in English at the undergraduate level. At the graduate level, there's, it's unbelievable. There's tons of graduate courses, masters and PhDs that are fully taught in English in Portugal, right? It's not like France or Spain or Italy where um, you know, it's, My, it's, for example, it's, we have the Lisbon Consortium. There's the master and the PhD uh, in cultural arts, and we have all taught in English. We also have right now the medical school that yeah. is totally taught in English. So uh, it's new. It's the first year of our Catholic medical school, yeah. but we don't have international students yet. <laughs> we will have so. We will, and 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 just and in terms of the application process, it's a lot easier to apply for a graduate program, I think, uh, than it is to go through the public concourse for undergraduate admission in Portugal. It's it's directly through the university, so it, you know it's you find the program and you apply to it. It's it's pretty straightforward. That's it, and. Every school of Catolica, for example, that's my example. We have offices also very prepared to ask questions and to help with all the process that sometimes uh, the students, they feel a little bit nervous because it's a lot of things to go with the process and we can help. Don't worry, just contact us. <laughs> Um, somebody also wants to know that except for medical and dental, they didn't hear much about basic science courses. Are those programs available as well? Yes. Yeah, so um, we just uh, actually signed two new programs as part of this SIPIN uh, program. Uh, one with um, uh, and one which is specifically focused on sustainability in STEM uh, courses and all fully taught in English. 
uh, with the Institut Superior Technic, which is like the top engineering school in Portugal through the University of Lisbon. Um, so this will be available as of this spring. Um, and you can find out about it on the SIPIN website. Um, and basically, you know, it's a, it's a series of, of different modules that students can sign up for in everything from, you know, sustainable energy, offshore wind, solar, uh, engineering for humanity. I, I'm just, this is just from memory, some of the course uh, offerings that are listed. Uh, but this is a, um, this is a semester program. And, and yeah. you know, and then of course we have other science classes that that students can also also take. But in general, many more courses offered in English in the social sciences, humanities, and business. Um, that's generally true, I would say, of across the board, no matter what school you're talking about. And Inej, how far in advance would someone apply um, to Catholica for admission? For I didn't understand. Sorry, can you repeat, please? The question is, how far in advance should one apply to Catholica for admission? Okay, so how they can apply, that, that's the question? When? When's a good time to apply? So let's say I want to okay. go in there next summer, next year. Okay, not, not related to the Catholica fellowships, just as a, a student, right? That's all it says, yeah, for admission. So okay, because if we are talking about the Catholica fellowship, for Portuguese Americans, you should apply on January until March to the next year. Okay. But if you are uh, looking for an undergraduate program or master, you should prepare this from May, then you can apply on June, July, okay? Okay. And and, and just if I can jump in, just um, yeah, yeah, because I, I wanted to check this before this meeting, I, I spoke with um, the director of our Catholica Business International Program, Xavier uh, Hegel. And, and basically, just to give you the dates for, uh, again, this is for students who would want to come and do an undergraduate degree in English at Catholica Business. Um, you would apply from early December through June. It's basically rolling applications at Catholica Business. And there's even some slots that might still be open as late as into August. But okay, in general, so yeah, he said December. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and at Nova SBA, at least according to their website, uh, February to May. Uh, this would be for their fall intake. So it's basically, you know, it's, it's um, you know, in the, let's say starting in the winter of your senior year, through the spring of your senior year and, and even into summer after high school graduation in the States. So similar to how the process works here. Yeah. Similar to yeah. <laughs> um, another person asked, uh, they said, you mentioned that most Portuguese universities are highly selective. How do students qualify? Are there placements exams for applicants? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you want me to start and then, and then yeah, fill in go, any, go, holes, go any holes that I leave? So um, if they have to, you know, like, I'll tell you what my, what my kids are facing, right? So, you know, a typical Portuguese high school student um, in order to get into public university or Catholic, I think is very much the same, uh, will have about 60% of their, of their uh, admission score, let's say the number of points they, what the Portuguese call their media, um, will be based on, you know, their high school grades. Um, so your high school GPA, um, and you know whether you took AP courses or not in the states, there's also there's a scheme for how to how to um, transfer those and weight those within the Portuguese system. So about 60% from your high school grades, 40% is going to be based on a high stakes national exam. In and the exams are by subject. So there's the Portuguese exam, there's the Math A exam, the Math B exam, the Math for uh, Social Science students exam. Um, you know, there's physics exams, calculus, you know, there's, there's different subject exams. Um, they're very high stakes. They're quite similar to um, the SAT subject tests in the States, which not that many students take anymore in the States, but they were a big thing during my days. Um, also, there's the AP advanced placement exams in the United States, um, which are also given. And again, I just checked with Catholic Business because I wanted to yeah. make sure I was giving you the right info. Um, so, for example, the uh, the exams in the states that 
are required to prove that the students who go to Catholica Business have a high enough math uh, capacity, because that's really, I would say, the key to getting into an undergraduate business school in Portugal. Uh, they're very, they're very, very much math intensive. Um, and so the equivalent exams are the SAT math level two or the calculus AB. Uh, this is, the, they're talking about the uh, AP exams here or calculus BC. Um, so, and again, I'm sure uh, through the website or chat button or whatever it is, um, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll send this to the chat button. I have the link for anybody who wants to contact Catolica Business. Um, I'll just send it through the chat button and then you'll see it. Inej, go ahead, sorry. I have shared the, the website of Catolica, Michael, so. Oh, okay. I can share again to the screen. But it's easier because you can find each area of study, and then you can find out all the information of the the, the how how to apply. So, as Michael said, we have the media, so the average that it's made for the sixty percent you have from the high school, and then you have the forty percent from the national exam, and for each undergraduate you have different specific national exams you have to have a high level evaluation so this yeah. is how it works here in portugal <laughs> especially for medical uh, there's yeah. another big difference you know law degrees in portugal are undergraduate degrees whereas in the states yeah. they're postgraduate and the same with medical school medical school you start Essentially, it's like an integrated master's in some ways um, in Portugal, whereas in the States, you know, you only go to medical school after four years of, of undergraduate. So that's that's another important difference. One other program that I wanted to mention as a plug at Catholic, because I'm, I'm co-directing it, um, is a new program in um, it's called PPE or Politics, Philosophy and Economics. Now, we originally were planning on starting it as a you know, 100 percent taught in English undergraduate degree. It's the first such degree to be approved in Portugal. It's pretty well known in the Anglo-Saxon world and in the US, but it had never been approved in Portugal before and Catholic is always innovating. And so, um, you know, we're, we're the first to do this. I think there'll probably be more, um, but because of the pandemic, we decided to launch it um, as a mixed program. So the, the economics classes and business classes are being fully taught in English because all those classes are taught in English at Catholic Business but the politics and philosophy classes are being done in Portuguese for now. But I can tell you that our plan, I don't think there's any big secret, is that within, um, I'd like to think maybe by fall 23, we might be ready to go with having two tracks. So uh, the PPE completely taught in English and the PPE taught in both Portuguese and English. And I think once we do that, uh, it'll be extremely attractive to a lot of US high schoolers who um, want a flexible degree in Europe that they can do in three years and which will cost probably less than one year uh, at an American university. Um, you know, it's a very attractive option and provides all sorts of career, you know, outlets and opportunities. So I just wanted to put a plug in for PPE. So Michael, just let me say, and I can't forget this, we have the master where I teach the master in communication studies that you also can do it in Portuguese or in English. So. It's also a good choice. <laughs> Wonderful. It sounds like there's a lot of options up, out there. And um, thank you. Thank you all for joining us. Anyone listening, please consider joining Palkus. Um, Palkus is coming out with a new platform. That's going to be an app where you're going to be able to be connected to all of these resources and all the information. You know, it's going to be launching really early in November, hopefully. So any questions with Palkus, you can contact me uh, directly. You can go to our website, palkus.org. And I'm sure Inej and Michael and Asilda will be um, happy to answer any other questions that anyone might have. Happy to do Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Congratulations. Good seeing you all. Take care. Bye.